One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Scumbags, this is the Scummy Mummies Podcast, with your hosts, Ellie Gibson and Helen Thorne. Hello and welcome to the Scummy Mummies Podcast, it's me, Helen Thorne. And it's me, Ellie Gibson. Guess what, Ellie? What? Guess who's back? Oh, Back yeah. again! It's Simon London! Yeah! I think you mean... Simon London! Still the best name of anyone we've ever had on the podcast. Well done. Thank you very much. And uh, people say that to me now. <laughs> I heard your podcast, Simon London. <laughs> it's not my podcast, it's the Scummy Mums. Yeah, I heard it, Simon London. Because and- let's be honest, we had you on this podcast before, Simon, and we made you, Simon London. We changed your life. We did. We? I mean, you did. Yes. <laughs> we all did. We it made, was a, it was a you made, yes. It was a group effort. I mean, like, quick recap. So I was looking, because I went to find that picture um, of myself lying on the grass with the Scubby Mummies t-shirt, um, so I could post it and let people know I was doing it again. 2018, I was fairly well known, I like to think, in media circles. <laughs> Uh, but then, after talking to you and having a couple of drinks and sort of talking about adoption and talking a little bit about work and, and, and one thing and another, it just went a bit sort of, I think the phrase is gangbusters. Helen? Hey, hey, look at you being all young. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, correct. Gangbusters. Yes. Yes. Off you went. Very uh, 2010. Well done. Uh, yes, well, uh, uh, two people contacted me from adoption charities, not to try and adopt me again. I'm already adopted. <laughs> uh, that would be madness. Um, and then I spoke at a big adoption conference and then lots of other people asked me to sort of do podcasts and had listened to your podcast because it's in my profile or oh. my Twitter profile. It's sort of kind of. Have, I don't think we agreed to that. Prove that usage, right? There should have been some kind of percentage been, negotiated. Yeah, uh, Nick on the that's phone. Bloody yeah. awesome! And so, how how was the reaction to the your first big kind of conference? Um, was that like? It was brilliant, actually. Yeah. It was really, it was really good. And I sort of, it's not something. Not that I've never, not that I don't talk about being adopted, but I've never really spoken about it. Nobody's ever really asked me on a platform where loads of people will hear it. I've kind of just sort of been asked mm. in a pub or at a party or something. Adoption? What's all that about? <laughs> yes. Simon London? Yeah. Um, so that was, yeah, so that was really, really strange. And I kind of suddenly have got used to talking about it. Not that I never ever wanted to talk about it, as I say. But mm. yeah, so it kind of was like, yes. Do you want to just do like a quick synopsis? So you were adopted by two amazing people when you were how old? Yes. So I was eight years old. And I was adopted uh, by white parents. I am black, if you haven't seen a picture of me. And I, um, that was when I was eight. And here I am. Yeah. 
I know it's a great and I loved all your amazing stories about like going, going to boarding school and I loved the when you talked about the fight scene didn't you like smash a jab on someone's head <laughs> yes yeah. so I think this is these were the stories people wanted yes. obviously <laughs> definitely definitely <laughs> so, so he wasn't like and I got in, you know adopted by two lovely white yes. people and we lived happily lovely. ever after it was so yeah. nice yeah. we had lace we had cordial <laughs> it was lovely and roast on a Sunday lace <laughs> and cordial that's what Helen's definition of posh is if you have lace and cordial oh imagine that I was like doilies and nice drinks yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what Australians think the royals live like have a pint of roses and a doily every Sunday that's posh that is Love more cordial mum and <laughs> <laughs> um, have your kids listened to the podcast um uh just the one yes he has sort of a bit you know I kind of you know he's a teenage boy well not teenager anymore he'll be 21 uh, next month and is he not, he's not interested in your adoption or any of that not really no. I think cause that's always been his normality hasn't yeah, it yeah. so mm. sort of there's nothing I think we spoke about this last time that for kids because people always go that must have been really weird for you but as a kid you literally just get up and do whatever you're told to mm. like there'll be a whole load of kids who now have gone through lockdown and they will tell their kids and grandparents uh sorry grandchildren you know, and then we just all sort of couldn't go anywhere and we all wore masks and we weren't allowed yeah. to the park and everything. And their children won't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. The same when I say to my son, you don't understand, in the 1980s, we lived under the perpetual threat of nuclear holocaust. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, we all thought we were going to die in a mushroom cloud. I don't know what you're talking about, mate. We're talking shit. Like, <laughs> the government issuing booklets for how to build your old air raid shelter. <laughs> oh, you mad old bin. Shut up. That's, it's just going to be that. It's so true. It? They do yeah. not believe that. Do yeah, they? they don't yeah. really believe it and every so often Elliot will say to me so what was it like and I was like well he didn't really think about it that much and in fact kind of the only time we did is when Frankie goes to Hollywood did two tribes and um oh speak for yourself though but I thought about it all the time no partly because my dad so my dad was a stand-up comedian right and very into the C&D movement yeah so like you know how these days modern days Saturday take your kids to the cinema maybe or perhaps bowling yes. or something like that or a birthday party we used to go to Greenham Common oh. and that's what we did on our <laughs> weekends in the 80s go and see women chain themselves to railings that was nice or we go and watch my dad do a, do a gig where he'd shout about Thatcher and how the world was going to implode in a mushroom cloud and then the funny thing was you wouldn't believe it I started having nightmares unbelievable <laughs> who would have predicted it what a sensitive child I was uh, I started because I, I didn't really understand it because I was very young and I thought the nuclear bomb was like a cannonball like I'd seen in films about pirates yes. so I thought it was going to come through the roof of our house in Nunhead and land on my bunk bed and that would that would destroy us uh, but then, of course, I realised the truth was actually much, much worse. It would be a longer-term radiation poisoning that killed entire nations in a very painful, drawn-out way. So, yeah, as I say, I had a few issues. <laughs> do, you look, do we call the bit where you suddenly realised it wasn't going to be a cannonball, then you went into phase two of trauma? <laughs> yeah, but then I read When the Wind Blows, and then I was like, oh, no. No, no, um, your face just melts off. It's yes. lovely. Yeah, it's a nice oh, thing. Really? I... And I don't think I ever really thought about it. Mm. Did you? No, because we didn't have bombs in Australia. Uh, so it was fine. I, I, when you just talk a paradise about... island nation, basically. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, we just, you know, it's just warm weather and racism. It's lovely. Yeah. Um... <laughs> My favourite. <laughs> 
yeah yeah no we i wasn't aware of it and it's only till you told me about this sort of uh thing we had obviously in the 80s it was about aids and having like the grim reaper and right. all that sort of stuff that oh, was yes. the, that was the scaremongering and then there was um yeah we were more concentrated on like skin cancer and like not going out in the sun do you think parenting styles have, have changed a lot as well since since the old have you been conscious of changing your parenting style yes definitely definitely i think um, cheating on both of you two and listening to another podcast one by Adam Buxton oh who's that guy never, <laughs> never heard of her <laughs> <laughs> he talks about this thing of as a parent you want to curate stuff for your kid mm. I like this therefore you should like it yeah um, and just how he was we- well aware of his father doing it to him and he's aware of himself doing it to his kid and knows that it's not not a good thing in that mm. trying not to do it and trying not to be offended when they don't like what you like and things mm. like that. But I, but I think because that sort of the gap in technology and stuff moving on so quickly that as parents, we, we can't keep up enough to try and curate what our kids are into. You would never go up to your kid and go, oh, you're doing TikTok all wrong. Let me show you. <laughs> oh, you like TikTok. I'll tell you who's good on TikTok. You can't do that, can no. you? So the things that they that they tend to be into. And I know that I've just talked about social media platforms there, but I think it's yeah. much wider than that, that we don't, you don't say, <laughs> oh, there's a book that you would like, because A, they don't really read, but B, there's sort of more kindly stuff and things like that. I don't know. Yeah. Or worse, you, you think there's a book they might like, and you start reading it, say The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, <laughs> and you go, oh my God, this is an awful piece of religious propaganda. Like I knew, I knew it was a metaphor, yes. I knew the thing, <clears throat> but you're really going, oh no, no, this is terrible. I'm indoctrinating you. And he's like, no, I like it. Keep going. When's the line coming back? And you're like, oh, yeah, no. I'm glad that you knew that was propaganda. I read it. I remember reading The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe and going, C.S. Lewis has just copied the Bible. <laughs> I could do that. I could have written that if I like halfway through I'd gone, oh, God, what am I going to do now? Oh. Kill Aslan and bring him back to life like, like they did with Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But is it is it always a bad idea to want to or try? Because sometimes they like the things. Like it's taken me ten years, but my big son is finally he quite likes cooking. And also I had to invest heavily in a new kitchen. I think he likes the gadget. <laughs> yeah. It cost me ten years and tens of thousands of pounds. <laughs> but but finally he'll make a fucking spaghetti bolognese with me. Uh, very good. Well, it's an that's another really good question because I wonder whether making giving them a life skill there's a slight difference from saying, oh, you will like what I will like, because they're so different. I mean, mm. you've got two two kids. Yes. And you raise them, they breathe the same air, listen to the same music, um, watch the same things as each other, eat the same food. But I bet they're really, really different. Oh, totally, yeah. One yeah. really likes video games and football. The other one is currently identifying as Spider-Man and really has no interest <laughs> in anything else at all. So the idea that you would say to both of them, now come here, here's a book that I really enjoyed. You yeah. both like it now. When I think about it, it's sort of, sort of absurd. I got to a point where I realised that it's not insulting if he doesn't like the things that... It doesn't uh, smart I, as much. It precisely. Yeah. I think I could it's see... It's not about you, Simon. Mm. Yes. Look at him grow up, Ellie. Look at him progress as a parent. It's amazing to see oh, him grow. No more Peter Pan. Another quite awful book, by the way. But that's yeah. another story for another time. <laughs> it's different times. Different values. Yeah, yeah, different yeah, times, yeah. yeah. Do, how, how do you feel about all that, Thorne? Do you, do you try and indoctrinate your yeah, children you know, culturally? 
for me, music is such a big thing. And, and I grew up, because my dad was a vicar, so we grew up in church, we were in choirs, and my children are great singers. And so I obviously want them to sing all of the time, which we do, and we go to lots of musicals and things like that. But um, it is funny when I go, oh, Matilda, I really think that you should, you know, do singing, you know, for GCSEs. And she's like, I'm not doing this, that's what you want me to do. And I think I've gone quite heavy handed while she's like that. And then, but then, you know, I think, I think that's a, a way of them asserting their independence and they know that I really like that sort of thing. What about then the area, though, of politics? Because this has been, I know you're quite into your politics, yes. Simon, as everyone who follows you on Twitter will attest. But um, that's been a contentious issue in this house because I was raised as a socialist. I was raised, raised to believe um, you should share stuff with people <laughs> and not be a cunt. I mean, <laughs> controversial thoughts. Why doesn't the Labour Party have Dad <laughs> share stuff with people and yeah, don't remind be us, Remind us again why why your agency they said no to your agency doing the slogans on the posters. <laughs> just, just unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, so so yeah, all of that. So and then I I do want to share those beliefs with my because I think they're values actually. I don't yes. think they're just beliefs. I think, I think, and swears. Yes. I think I do think we should, I do think the world would be a better place if we we're all raised to think that it's not just about the individual. We're part of a bigger thing, and we should if you know if we have more than other people, we should share it with other people hmm. and all those. You know, I'm a great person. That's what I'm saying. I want everyone else to be as good, including my children. Yeah. So you know, and but then, and the and the listeners from the way you're indoctrinating yeah, them. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's all going in. It's all going in, Simon. <laughs> little little acorns. Put some binaural beats under this and really reprogram the nation. Um, but I've been accused by your husband, by the other parental figure in this yep. household, of trying to indoctrinate my children. And I, I know what he means, and I think that's a fair point and maybe true. But I also think, is that so bad? Oh, <laughs> but God. is it? any different to what any other parents is doing is it because I, I doubt that the Tory parents are going oh actually well, I I mean, suppose, let's talk about Jeremy Corbyn but the difference is I suppose for example with religion I with the kids I tend to say you have to make your own mind up so when they ask me about God and stuff which they do I say well I don't believe in it but it's up to you 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 work it out for yourself <laughs> I like the way that you say well I don't believe in it well I think you I think but you do you use to... but do you use, do it in that tone of voice yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is it any different from that? I don't know. Should I be saying to them, well, look, you know, yeah, here's what I believe, but you've got to make, make your own mind up. But I well, don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm doing it all wrong. It's a really difficult. I mean, the, I'm not really... That's not true. I've been a bit like you. I've just gone... Listen, I know some... I, I have some friends who are conservative. Not very many. Have some, some of my best who... friends are conservative. <laughs> I I have some friends who are conservative and they're nice people and yada 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 you don't talk politics with them right but what is very difficult what is very difficult was Elliot once saying to me what's the difference between being Labour or being conservative and you literally find yourself rubbing your hands as you finally asked me something and boy am I going to give it to you and I was sort of a bit at the end of what can only be described as a four-hour diatribe. Karl <laughs> <laughs> Marx was involved. Right. There's got a lecture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's yep. maps and, of the Soviet Union. And he'd got through a couple of boxes of tissues crying. <laughs> I said, but hey, it's up to you. You know, you believe, you know, you've got to find out these things for yourself. That's just 
that's just one opinion. I and I've thought to myself, I'd better say something at the end of this that doesn't go follow me and do what I'm do what I'm into. Yeah. Mm. But it's very difficult, isn't it? Because they're the values of your house. Yeah. It's not just it's not just your own personal values. You're sort of saying to your kids all the time, you've got to share this or if you wash up, you've got to do this or put your money aside and invest in doing this or save up and do do that. Mm. So a lot of what you're talking about seem to be sort of good values. And then when you see something happen where the values mm. are bad or you hear of something happening and it's bad, it tends to be against your values, which tend to be slightly more left-leaning. So it's really difficult or really strange when you hear of something that seems quite nasty and somebody goes, well, those are my values. You know, I think this is a good thing. It's, it's a very difficult thing to try and connect that. And also you wouldn't want your kids to have the values that you didn't share. Mm. Yeah, if someone says, I think we should pick, put people on a plane to Rwanda who've already suffered huge and humane tragedy, I'm just going to struggle to agree with Completely. you. Completely. It's yeah. sort of, it's just a... You know, it's just a, a weird one, mm. you know. Can we talk about what pushed you to the edge, Simon, yes, you, in recent times, with the Twitter and with the politics? With the Twitter and with the politics, there's been sort of this drip-drip thing with our late Prime Minister, Boris Johnson. You know my website, Kid, Kid Rated, that I set up, which is um, kids reviewing family days out and attractions in London and around London for other families to use. It's a... TripAdvisor by kids that will be useful for other families. When I set that up, somebody said, you should go to the mayor's office and they would definitely give you a grant for this. You know, it's promoting London, it's family friendly, it's educational. And trying to get to see that man. BJ. Yes, when um, he was mayor or trying to get you get so far on it we keep on getting knocking knocked back and we knew there was money there myself and my co-founder and we couldn't get to it and then sort of 2016 i found out that the money that i might have had he'd given to that jennifer akuri woman for mm. things or we don't know for certain because there hasn't been an inquiry yet i've always been slightly opposed to him but those fucking parties just on the back as well let's remember, of him redecorating his flat, which I couldn't give a shit about. Yeah. But then we found out that he said he was paying for it himself. And then it was somebody else had paid for it. And then when we saw the text messages that would have said, not only did he know who was paying for it, but was saying, thanks for doing this. And we should have a chat about that thing you want me to do. Mm. And the standards committee said, oh, if only we'd had those texts earlier, I, I tell you now, he'd be in real trouble. And I was like going... <laughs> That doesn't work, does it? Oh, 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 the window's closed. Helen, <laughs> Helen murdered Ellie, but oh, if yeah. only we'd known that earlier. We can, oh, but well. we, we've let her go now. All so. these fingerprints and DNA, gosh, I wish we'd seen those five years ago. Oh, Completely. So they're sort of saying, well, we can't, at that point, we can't punish him. I was going, he stood up and said that he didn't, he didn't know who paid for it in the Houses of Parliament. Everyone's sort of forgotten that, but he just told a massive lie. So I was angry about Kid Rated, Slightly pissed off about the flat. Pretty angry about the flat, actually. Then, when my mum died last year, and we were going to have the funeral, my mum and dad had got a couple of fields down in Dorset in a really big garden. And my dad said, oh, you know, we're not allowed people back and we can't have too many people at the funeral and everything else and blah, blah, blah. So I said, 
Sorry about this. Fuck it, we've got a mad, we've got a massive garden. Why don't we just put some chairs and little tables and dot them around? And bless him, my dad said, because there are rules and it's, we don't think we're better mm. than anybody else and that would be terrible and we're going to stick to the rules and that's how it is. And I was like, yeah, no, you're right. And, um, and because of that, I think that he didn't get proper closure in a way. The funeral wasn't right. It didn't feel right. It didn't feel like any funeral we'd sort of been to before. So and how can I ask? Because I didn't... Yes, sorry. Yeah, wait, what was the funeral like? What when you tell me, Were you allowed to have a service and stuff or was it on Zoom? Or yes, so we had, I think it was about 30 people in a little village church. We were allowed to Zoom it, which was a nightmare. I can't who'd watch that. Anyway, um, you're allowed to Zoom it and then... But we weren't allowed anybody back to the house and okay. they, because they had this huge garden and everything. We could have had drinks and, mm-hmm. you know, and the real community and wanted sharing. to come back. Yeah. And sharing stories. And I yeah. think that's, that's, that is the most beautiful thing about funerals is that, you know, you keep that person alive in a sense because you share all those stories and, and, and it's very rare you get the chance to have all those people who meant so much to that person Precisely. together. And it, and it is that kind of... Not that it gives you closure, but it just, you just like, you want to celebrate all the best bits of that person. Definitely. And a lot of people who had traveled quite a long way to sort of pay their respects were just going to have to get in their cars and go. And of course, them being her peers, she died at age 86. They're, you know, these are not young people. Yeah. (laughs) You know, these are not young people who have traveled that far. We came out of the church and blessed the villagers had lined the streets down to the hearse and everything else. And my dad was really cut up. And I thought, again, I don't want that to be the last thing. He now needs a drink and a laugh with friends and everything else. So I was slight, I mean, not slightly, I was really upset and disappointed, sort of for myself, but more for my dad, I think. And I, you know, I I thought, but that's how it is. We're in lockdown, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Then I saw the picture of him in the garden. And then he tried to tell us that it hadn't happened. And then people Mm. came out and just was sort of going, um when people came out and sort of said, you know, what's the big deal? And I kind of just could hear my dad going, well, we're not going to break the rules. You know, we don't think we're better than anybody else. And I was sort of going, well, you know, this seems ridiculous, but no, you're right. We're going to do that. And um, I swear to God, the night that I heard, I could have driven up to Downing Street with a tin of paint and just leapt over the barrier and chucked it all over the front door. Mm. I really felt like that. I've I've never had that burning desire to kind of jump in the car, do something mental Mm. and then hang all the consequences and, you know, let's see what happened. And then it just kept on going on, didn't it? It just was, there was another one and there was another one and then Mm. they kept on saying that they hadn't done it and it was, it just couldn't end. And I did this thing, I'm, you know, people will know that sometimes I just, blow up on Twitter and I thought I'm going to do the opposite I'm going to do the complete opposite um, I wrote something really angry and horrible and I said instead wrote couldn't say goodbye to my mum if anybody else felt like in that position that just post a picture here so we can all see the people that we couldn't say goodbye to and there's something ridiculous like sort of 10,000 people posted pictures and it was a real moment and then I took that down and showed my dad who like completely was cracked up by it and everything else but yeah, I just, and it's the closest I think I've ever felt to being radicalised mm. and really 
really seething. I mean, people keep on going, oh, we're ambushed by a cake, or all those people who sort of around him as going, you know, he's doing a good job in getting the calls right. It just makes me really, really angry. That's kind of how you sleepwalk into, well, just people can do anything, can't they? You know, and I think that is the true definition of gaslighting, where somebody goes, look, it didn't really happen. That didn't, what you think happened didn't really happen. And then we kept on running, but it did. It did happen. Look, look at all this evidence. And I want somebody to be punished. Mm. And what I wanted more than anything else is what happened. I wanted everybody to resign. I wanted it to be humiliating and I wanted it to be hurtful and disgusting and I wanted him to really, really suffer. And then one of my mates said to me, he's a man without shame. Mm. Sorry to piss on your fireworks. Yeah. He doesn't, none of this matters. He, he doesn't care. That's what he is. And that's really weird, isn't it? He is a man without shame. Mm. He's not capable of... Yes. This is, I mean, this is the problem with narcissists, which is a word I know gets thrown around a lot. But, and, and I do think, yeah, they lack empathy. Like, he he doesn't... I don't think he will feel shame because he doesn't... He doesn't really care what anybody else thinks because we're all just... That's how narcissists work, isn't it? We're all just characters in the movie of the narcissist's yes. life. So we're not really three-dimensional humans. Yeah, yeah. And it's... Um, it doesn't touch the sides. It no, it, do- it doesn't. And it's a different sort of... You know, I'm never going to sort of put my hand up and say, like, I'm a paragon of virtue or anything else. And, you know, I can be, God knows I can be arrogant, I can be thoughtless and I can be. But one of the things that I do really care about, I'm a people pleaser and I like people. I want to have friends and I like having, you know, it would it would kill me. Mm. It kills me when I know one person doesn't. You're... Oh, I am, I'm the same. Oh, I'm the same. Ellie's <laughs> like, people are allowed to hate you. I was like, yeah, but it hurts. It hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I just find that bizarre that kind of he can sit there and just lie and just um but yeah, no, as I say, the tragedy was I was hoping that his fall from grace would scar him some way. Mm. But it won't. It will scar sadly other people, like his family and possibly his kids and Yeah. You know, like his behaviour sort of touch on other people in a really sort of, I think, a terrible way, a really sort of cancerous way, I think. Mm. And it's, in some ways, it's them that I feel sorry for. Not his dad, mm. but, but no. the rest of but the rest of the family. Yeah. yeah. How, how's your dad doing now? Okay, I mean, look, this was the first time um, that I'd, I'm not, I'm not familiar with death at all in any sort of way. I thought I was, because my... Uh, partners lost both her parents but I, I did say to her the point I feel really bad I don't think I was as I didn't realize how awful it is and I wish I'd been kind of better and sort of more sympathetic in that way and I didn't realize I think my dad is sort of you know he's 87 so it's he's not making long-term plans as it were yeah and but he's sort of you know he's getting on with life and and doing his thing and He's not, he wasn't so upset or angry by it as I was. Really, yeah. Yeah, so he's probably in a better place in a way. So maybe you didn't process it either of the funeral things, you think, or? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, again, in the way that you two do so well, you've got me to talk about something that I've not really spoken about. I've kind of spoken about it in... 280 characters on Twitter, yeah. but I've not, 
you know, every time I see you two, I kind of write on my to-do list, get therapist. Why? <laughs> <laughs> you get it here for free. What are you talking about? You don't need a bloody therapist. Just come and do this every three years. <laughs> Death is weird. It's a weird... It's a weird thing to have someone like that, like your mother or anybody close in your life, and to contemplate a day that they're not going to be at the end of the phone, that you can't just go, and, and you get sideswiped going, oh, I just got to tell them that thing. Yes. And that and that is so, that's a hard thing to kind of, and, and um, yeah, the older my parents get, mine are 80 and 86, I go, no, I need to call them. Like, I have, when was the last time I told them I love them? Like, I'm, as, the, as the years get kind of shorter in a way, yeah. I'm just so conscious of that. It's, it's a weird... But I think lockdown did something to relationships in a way. I think in terms of that intensity, because you couldn't see them, suddenly you, you, you took away the biscuit. You took away, you yes. know, and you went, oh, but, but now I really want that biscuit. It's <laughs> <laughs> a terrible analogy. But, yeah, that's my biscuit saying theory. saying Simon's dead mother is a Biscuit. I don't know if that's what she yes, wanted. Yes, right. Like, really, like, like, a, like one from Oh, Okay, phew. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, if like you're saying, biscuit, like, really, like, if you're saying she's a hobnob or a digestive, <laughs> I should get up now, demand another beer from Ellie, and leave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Uber. No, um, an orange club with chocolate. Yes, yes good. Yeah. good, good, good. <laughs> Something that's individually wrapped. Yes, yeah. good. Jaffa cake. No wait, that's a cake. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> Are you so calling messy. my mother a cake? No, no. <laughs> my dead mother a cake. So sorry. This is so awful. Sorry. Oh, God. Oh, I'm underlining get therapist. <laughs> and now everyone's sort of reuniting again, and it's in. it is a lovely thing that we're kind of in this weird... You know, like when people like go back in time and then time is altered, and they were in this sort of new reality that kind of looks like... Yes. Oh, my God, that's days. such a brilliant analogy. That is such a brilliant well, not analogy. The biscuit thing. No, <laughs> no, no, delete future Ellie <laughs> in your alternative reality. But yes, you're right because I'll be talking to somebody and say, oh, "I haven't seen them for a couple of years," but I keep on forgetting about the lockdown years when we we're in the DeLorean traveling back. Yes, yes, of course. So actually, it's been about five years since I've mm. seen some people. But Boris Johnson's Biff and Biff, he <laughs> fucked it up, and then it made it all weird, and then the mum gets big boobs. He's totally Biff. Yeah, he's Biff. He's Biff, just like I thought Donald Trump was Biff, but they are both Biff. Yeah. Wait, which one of us has to kiss our mum? Hang on. No, nobody has to kiss their mum. Yes, come on. That's another reason Star Wars isn't all that. He kisses his sister. It's fucking weird. What is it with the incest and the Americans? How did you you bring that in? (laughs) (laughs) That's a thread we don't need. (laughs) Oh, dear. Incest, though, and Elon Musk's dad. What? 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 That sounds like a fever dream. What are you talking about? First of all, I thought it was Elon Musk. Is it not Elon Musk? Oh, yeah. Why am I calling him Elon? Because I'm calling you Ellie. Have you heard about Elon Musk? <laughs> no way! Elon Musk's father, who I think is something called Eric or Eddie or something, another name beginning with E, has had his second child. Right. With his 24-year-old stepdaughter. Oh! Who he's raised since the age of four. So like Woody Allen. Oh. And, oh. and you remember, you remember when um, everybody was complaining about Rishi Sunak's wife and... The yeah. Tories were coming out and going, what she did was perfectly legal. 
what Elon Musk has done and what Woody Allen did was perfectly illegal. But you don't do it if you're a, if you're a nice person, do you? No, no that's right. It's like, yeah, it's like you could shit on your husband's pillow. You might even think about it, but don't do it. Right. Don't do it. No, <laughs> no. Oh my god, this has taken a turn. <laughs> right, we've done death and incest. What's next? All right, teenagers. Yes, I. That's what I wanted to talk to um, Simon about because you've had these really big milestones since we've seen you. Obviously. Yes. You've become, you know, the face of adoption. Um, uh, an angry face on Twitter. And um, But your son has now left the home, gone on to university, become, by all accounts, an excellent human being and musician. But what's that like? What's it like when you're, you've become an official empty nester? I know, and, it's, and it happens so quickly. Yeah. One minute they're kind of 15, mm. and you're, you're, you're praying for the moment that they can do sleepovers when yeah. they're tiny. Yeah. We just want to sleep. We just... Yeah. Someone they, else do the morning. Yeah. <laughs> and they do a sleepover and then they come back, like, somebody hands you back a damaged child. Yeah. Like, they're really... He, they didn't sleep smelly. all night. They no. didn't sleep all night and he will yell at you and burst yeah. into tears. Like Here you go. the festival. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two and eight. Smelling yeah. of fags. Yeah. Run yeah, out yeah, of ecstasy. Yeah. Broken. <laughs> broken. <laughs> so, um, you're kind of thinking... When they can do a sleepover and they're not handed back all weird and odd, that would be brilliant. And then that sort of happens around about 14, 15. Yeah. And then they don't really want to spend time with you, which mm. is sort of weird. And then that gets even faster and they go through sort of a meltdown as you do when they're doing GCSEs slash A-levels, whatever. And then all of a sudden they're gone. Mm. And... I mean, we were lucky because lockdown happened. How many people say that? And he was going to go on a gap year. And instead, he just made this album with his mate in his bedroom, kind of them sharing files. And it just went massive. And he suddenly became a little little star, a little music star, a little music producer, which has been brilliant. And he's, you know, he's doing really well. He's going off to play and gigging around London and all the rest of it. But then he went up to Trent to do um, music production. And uh, just... <laughs> the way we've managed to get over it is by airbnb his room <laughs> at the top of the house. <laughs> Simon. Yeah, amazing. Excellent. It's just, just get a puppy. What are you yeah. doing? Well, I'm not allowed a puppy. I want a oh, Jack right. Russell and I'm not allowed one. And oh, I'm not going to use this to publicise or shout about not being able to have a Jack Russell. But if I could have a Jack Russell, <laughs> that would be brilliant. And who knows? It might make me a better person. <laughs> What would you have to give up, though? What would, what would you give up to get a dog? Buster, the cat. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, you, yeah. You, you've got your issues with the cat. Or the cat's got issues with you. Yeah, I don't he know which... sprays around the house. Oh, vile. Oh, Is no. that an older cat thing? No. He's a puppy. He's a bastard, but he's like a dog. He can throw things for him and he brings them back and he's like... <laughs> oh, he's... my God, that's awesome. Yeah, so he's a cat who's a dog and he's he has to be near you. You know how dogs... Somebody said the dog is the only animal that loves you more than itself. <laughs> and it will just sit next to you and it doesn't know why and things like that. Yeah. yeah. He's like that. So it's really difficult. So he mm. sprays anyway. But if we were to get a puppy, he'd probably just drown in his own urine. <laughs> oh. And, um, Shame. Yeah. Mm. So I can't have a dog. So that's your top tip for empty nesting. Just just rent out your child's no, so Just that... make a profit off their assets. <laughs> just it invite is... strangers in to replace yeah. the hole yeah. in your life that they've left. It is weird. And just before they leave, you're kind of on their case all the time. Like, pick that up, tidy that, do your own washing, earn some money, do this. Don't come in, this isn't a hotel, blah, blah, blah. And then they go away. 
And when they come back on the holidays, you literally, it's like the the prodigal son. You remember yeah, that? Yeah, with yeah, the yeah. dad of the vicar. You are literally going, sometimes I just go to the fridge and I open it and it goes, ah. And I go, what's all this food? <laughs> Elliot's coming back. Elliot's coming back at the weekend. Oh my god! Oh, Let me lay down my coat. Let me step on my head. So my it's first fine. thing is, I can't believe you get all this food for him, and then it's like, oh, tell me when you're at the station, I'll come and pick you up. <laughs> <laughs> you become the dog. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same. You don't need a Jack Russell. No wonder Mrs. Ray yeah. get one. She'll be fucking got one. <laughs> And then I'm like, do you want to play some PlayStation? I learned how to play Call of Duty whilst you've been at university. And <laughs> it's like... the cap on backwards when they're saying that? Yes. I love Eminem. Yeah. I'm on my skateboard going, hey, we could just go to the park skateboarding. Hey, I, got, um, I got some loom bands. <laughs> do you want to do some drugs later? I've got some WKTs. They're in the fridge. Oh, my God. So, yes. Yeah, so, um, I think this happens a lot as well, talking mm. to people the right age. So, there's sort of... You're baffled and befuddled and bewildered mm. that there's kind of all this space and you're you spend more time with the you know joe and i spend more time with each other and um in lockdown we sort of started walking around the walking at lunchtime and things just to get out the house a bit and stuff and um i think we were both afraid well this is it uh who's gonna kill the other one first <laughs> Ellie, quote the uh, the uh, um, fantastic joke from back in the olden days. Oh, uh, this comedian Paul Collins used to do this brilliant joke where he used to say, "Yes, me and my wife, you know, we're just waiting until one of us dies and the other one wins." (laughs) 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 It's a brilliant joke. I wish I could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, but it's been it's been fine. And then obviously we just sort of fawn over him when he comes home and sort of Mm. say stuff. got the train down all by yourself you're so clever what can we do for you and things like that yeah um is it true a lot of people say to us a lot of parents of teens or, or older kids rather say um that you have this teenage thing where they sort of go away from you but then they come back much like a sort of boomerang <laughs> uh, uh, i'll say it properly so that helen and some boomerang. boomerang oh thank you very yeah. much <laughs> yeah. i really appreciate it and all the australian listeners you've good. done a very good job um yes there is i i don't know who said it, but I'm probably going to misquote it, but I think it's like, when um, when I was a child, I thought my dad was a hero. When I was a teenager, I couldn't believe how stupid he was. And now I'm in my 20s, um, I can't believe how much he's learned. So I do think there is, yeah. there is that sort of thing, you do kind of go through that sort of, I'm doing this with my finger like I'm making a... A heartbeat or an oscillating curve. Yeah, yeah. I, thought, I thought it was a boomerang. It's a roller coaster. Is it a roller coaster? Yeah, I think that towards the end of their teens, it's much more pronounced that they just want to get away from you. And I think that's something evolution, there's some evolution plays a part that if we're all in the same village, then we'd all start being like Elon Musk's dad. So there is something in teenagers that say, Get away! Yeah. Get get away! Get out of here! Yeah. And there's something in us which is like, oh, we just want you to get away from us and go. Yeah. But then when they've left the village and found somebody in another village to procreate with, we're like, so nice to see you in your come back. Come back. Yeah. Yes. Bring your nice biscuits. Complete. Yeah. <laughs> Not your hobnobs. Yes. Um, but but um, Ellie and I have both got sons studying high school. Right. And, and they're going to the same high school actually in September. And it's just, it just feels like the big, the biggest step. Like on Thursday, in two days' time, it'll be the last day that I have a child at primary school. I mean, fuck it, I'll be a fucking 
like a mess. It's, it's these these sort of milestones creep up so. So wait there, quick. you're you're going to be a mess, not sort of punching the air. You emotionally, what's the because it's the, it's the letting go of the young the young times like you know right. like he's you know he's getting bigger he's starting to really fucking stink like his shoes stink he we he said I think I smell mum and like we both sniffed under his arms and we both went whoa <laughs> like he, and he's like oh, I need to use deodorant and he was so excited he told the neighbours he's like I used deodorant today yeah. <laughs> it's the male equivalent of getting our first bra Exactly, it must be. What like, did you get him? Did you go Lynx? Did you go Shaw? What oh, did you I know. Go? He, just, right, he just used my lady Mitchum. Oh, why oh, not? Why not? It's a modern world. It's, it's a modern it's world. Four, four potential promotional, <laughs> promotional bits there. Hashtag <laughs> uh, No, no. Uh, so that's, yes, I, uh, yeah, but I, I know, I feel, you know, because being a single mum, I mean, obviously he's got, he's got a dad, um, but, you know, I'm going to bring him up, you know. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I, I, there's only me in the house who's going to yeah. bring him up and and negotiate and have those chats and all that sort of stuff. So I'm feeling kind of a bit, a bit bewildered by all the things. Teenage boys stink. Yeah, they they stink. And one of the things I said to Elliot when he uh, became a teenager is, listen, I know it's going to be a pain in the ass, but this is one of the best bits of advice I can give you. Talk about advice earlier on. I said, I have a shower every morning. I said teenagers smell and you'll get to class one day and you will smell another teenager and everyone in the class will and you'll go who is that and if you find out that it's you you'll be mortified but you won't get this until you smell that person and then it happened he went to school came back and was like oh you i'm definitely gonna have a shower in the morning yeah there's somebody in the class who's and it's just Poor kids' body working overtime and going through puberty, just mm. oh, um, expelling but, the yeah. worst and, smells. Yeah, and then he kind of, and then he was really. It meant that he could use deodorant. It meant that he could use other things, and he was very, very aware that of his own smell and of our own <laughs> smells. He was, I mean, he was really, really good. He's a kid who will have a shower in the morning, a shower in the evening if he's going out. Yeah, he's aware of people smelling yes and yes, I yes. And, and that, if there's one thing I did drum into him actually, that, <laughs> he learned he listened <laughs> he listened to something I said I said first at school then there's the person in the office who smells and nobody can say anything <laughs> oh, you remember yeah. that person in the office oh yes and oh, nobody could say the guy who cooks fish pies in the microwave oh, oh no. be gentle on him he's just trying to expand his diet <laughs> <laughs> And, and there's nothing wrong with my fish pies. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you, you remember the person in the office you smiled. You remember that person. You've got on a tube or a bus and you've gone and somebody Ooh. stepped in and everybody smelled them. And I think it's one of the most antisocial things ever, isn't it? Mm. Smelling is so antisocial. And if you can drum it into your teenager, yeah. look, you're going to smell. It will happen. Yeah. But you can combat it. With all these things I've bought you that yeah. you can spray on yourself, <laughs> and just having a wash in the morning and oh, the evening. Marvelous. And the great Imagine thing about that. getting a kid to have a shower in the morning is, despite their best efforts, it wakes them up. Yeah. yeah. So it's a really good thing. Excellent. That is an actual practice. And once again, we've ac- accidentally done some actual useful advice on the podcast. Telling, I won't hear of it, Ellie. I won't. I won't. I'm going back to biscuit analogies and racism. Oh. Much better. <laughs> can we do it nonsense. in that order, though? So yeah. I get a biscuit before you're nasty to one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now, before we go, we have to talk about Kid Rated. You did it earlier. Tell us about it. So, Kid Rated, my website, it's kind of now my side hustle. It is my classic car. Its genesis came about because I kept on making poor old Elliot uh, review bits and pieces when we went on holiday, and then I would put them on a website and um, send the link to his grandparents, and so they would get to see what he was up to and what he was doing. And then we suddenly, that we went on a holiday where the hotel had been reviewed by him the year before and all these kids were like, oh, I saw this. And all the parents were like, oh, we came to the hotel because we saw your kids' review. That'd be awesome, yeah. So, the, so that was the idea behind it, that kids would do the reviews and it would be used by other families. Not by other kids, but other families could go on the website and go, oh, where are places we could go in and around London and everything else? Yeah, it's out there. Tell your friends, tell your family. If you're visiting London or you live in London, it should be a good resource for you. Well, look, it is time. Have we plugged Kid Rated enough? Yes, Kid we have. Kidrated.com. <laughs> well, I don't care, Simon. You do your own bloody advert. I'm not getting paid for this. I love the idea. Paid for your what? Uber. Dot what are you? Dot what? Dot biz. Dot net. Dot. Dot net. Dot London. Kidrated. Dot cotton. Dot. Scummy Mummy Confessions. Um, my Scummy Mummy Confession is that Ellie accidentally read my WhatsApps, but not really. It, no, it, we were talking about. So I had reason to look at your phone. I can't remember what it was. I had reason. We were in the van. Yes. You were. I think I thought you were looking at your calendar or something. We were talking about a date, and I glanced at your phone. Yeah. And I saw your WhatsApp page, mm. and it said like you know your child's name or whatever, and you know your friend's name and my name, and then it said, Helen, do you want to pick up the story from here? So, so uh, in the last couple of years, I've been uh, dating several different men, um, <laughs> and um, and I instead because my children are quite nosy, yeah, and sometimes and they know my password on my phone, which is an error. I, I know it's an error, but so instead of having like Fernando and uh, you know Giuseppe and all this stuff, I'll just write <laughs> plumber or builder, so the kids don't go into. Are you only dating? people who appear in porn films <laughs> <laughs> or Abba songs <laughs> 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 
That's the rules. That's the rules. Uh, it's it's Giuseppe, the plumber. <laughs> it's Fernando, the builder. Uh, oh, Architect. Um, anyway, so... Um, yeah, I, I've got a new one, uh, a lovely new one, and I was like, oh, what do I call him? I was like, I just couldn't think. I was like, oh, I'll just call him work manager. And Ellie was like, bent over double going, work manager? I was like, that's not a job. That's not a real vocational profession. Work manager. Nobody, no, you don't ever, when have you been at a dinner party? What do you do for a living? I'm a work manager. Yeah. Oh, what's that involve? Oh, I just manage work. What are you talking about? No. You could put a vet, you could put a zookeeper, it doesn't even have to be animal based. I don't know why I said those two. No, chef, no. you could put. Yeah, I know, I just, I just, I drew, I drew Sophia, a blank. Yeah. anything. <laughs> Work manager. I know, That's I need the it. best you could come up with. Absolutely terrible, absolutely yeah. terrible. Your, I met your children, they're very intelligent. They're going to look at that and go, Work, Work manager. manager. Yeah, this is the, sounds a bit like mum's bread baker, she was saying. <laughs> Yes. Very so, um, Wall counter. What are <laughs> you doing there? Don't that's put deep. a made-up job if you're going to use yeah. it. Yeah. I, it. Yeah, that's that's the hard thing when you're when you're yeah, I'm effectively. You're seeing a lot of men. When you're putting it about a bit. <laughs> A lot of organisational admin. Yeah. yeah, I think maybe just change the password on your phone. Mate. I, no, I think this, that this might is be it. The You're both quite yeah. You're no good at f- thinking up aliases. Yeah. No, I mean, or maybe you can kind of give them something to aim at, so you can give them things like rocket scientists or, <laughs> or heart doctor, <laughs> professional boss man. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, stop giving them titles that you would see on a Japanese T-shirt. <laughs> Work manager fun. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Uh, Simon London, do you have a confession uh, for us? Yeah, well, it's, um, so I'm currently working uh, for Snapchat as a consultant, and it's absolutely brilliant. They're such a great company. Like Snapchat have kind of got, and this is the woke bit, people. They've got diversity through its core. They've got to be fifty percent people from everywhere. People who make their shows people who uh, make the decisions. So on the first Zoom, it is really like, I know they don't advertise anymore, so this phrase really ages me, but it is like a Benetton ad, when you sort of just, everybody comes up and you're like, oh my word, it's just, it's absolutely great. And the offices, although they've been empty through the pandemic and everyone's allowed to work remotely, in the offices it's the same and there's just, um, but of course I am a man of a certain vintage now and the people I'm working with are much, much, much younger. Much younger. Um, and uh, this girl walked past me the other day and I pointed at her dress and I went, your dress looks like the carpet in The Shining. And she just looked at me. <laughs> Simon! She just looked at me. No, it's really cool. So that pattern from the carpet in The Shining now yeah, yeah. is... Oh, she um, didn't mean when it was a wash with blood or anything. No, no, no. no. Oh, God, you're making this worse. I hadn't <laughs> thought no, of that you, one. No, you did Because she pulled the face. Anyway, but the pattern is really famous. And yeah. so there are T-shirts. A lot of people I saw through lockdown had the carpet as a thing. And it's like I was talking uh, with Mr. Ellie earlier, who likes f- 
pop culture t-shirts. The trick if you're doing anything pop culture, you don't want to have Grease written on your t-shirt. You want Rydell High or yeah. something yeah, which yeah. is just a step away from what it is. So I thought she was wearing this trendy, shining dress because I know the material is absolutely everywhere and there's so many things you can get. But she is really young. And what I basically said was I named carpet who talks about carpet with young people <laughs> in a really old film yeah. it's sort of kind of going oh you look like the duck in um, Charlie Chaplin's <laughs> the, gold, <laughs> the gold strike or whatever yeah, the gold rush yes um, your profile has a resemblance of Queen Victoria on the, on the penny black if I may say if I may say exactly madam. that's exactly what it's so she kind of, sound, but yeah. now you saying about the blood that may have been why she just pulled this really weird face so she pulled yeah. She went, oh, thanks very much, in a way that I'd <laughs> oh, obviously really insulted her. Yeah, so old I, man. Thanks a lot. <laughs> so I thought that, oh my God, she must think The Shining's a pub around the corner and the carpet looks all horrible in there and it's awful. But it was quite funny and we all need content these days. Yeah. So I tweeted it, just said, I think I'm scared this woman and now I don't know whether to go over and show her a picture of Shelley Duvall screaming with Jack Nicholson with an axe going no I meant this <laughs> it's <laughs> much better yeah, yeah to make it better I don't know uh, anyway a few people wrote some funny things underneath it and um, kind of buoyed by this I said it's not weird though and the dress looks amazing I know I'll go and take a picture of it and then just all of a sudden uh, just as I thought <laughs> Just uh, as I thought it, Helen's like, <laughs> Helen is making, shaking her head violently. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't take a photo of a young we lady's We dress. don't follow young ladies around. <laughs> no. and we don't follow young ladies. I she'll, just want to check with think, you two. She'll think you're an upskirter, Simon. You Lennon. don't follow young ladies around the office and take pictures of their dress, do you, to put on to put online? No, we, no, we don't no, do that, no, do we? No, 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 no. So, um, so thank you to, um, ooh, I don't know, roughly 30 people who said don't do that. I did think as I took my phone off and strode in her direction the penny did drop going this isn't something we do is it? No, <laughs> no, no. It's, not a, it's not an episode of Taskmaster like the, like the Taskmaster <laughs> that's, that's the name of the other lover I've got yes. Taskmaster <laughs> Oh he works hard Oh he does Oh he does but I yes. know who he is <laughs> So um yes so I'm sorry I'm sorry that lady but Oh God, I was going to end the confession with, I'm sorry, that young lady, but it could have been worse. I didn't mean that. Let's all stop <laughs> that talking. That sounds like a threat. That's Let's all that... stop talking about no. that. Oh, well, there we go, team. <laughs> Thank you. What, what a note to end on. What we, we, we've, um, we've shared some opinions, and it's always a joy to see you. It's always like a joy. It. What I love is um, I was really pleased to come down and do this again, and... Um, yeah, and I, I wanted to say thank you because um, it was a, a, yeah, it was, a, I say it changed my life and it did in a sort of strange sort of way at this late stage in life. I entered another chapter and that would never have happened if it hadn't been for Ellie and Helen. Oh, Simon oh, London! We've accidentally changed someone's life! But in a good way! <laughs> in a good way! In a good way! Oh, what a lovely thing to say! Oh. <laughs> Moved. I think I've got some COVID in my eye, Helen. Oh, not again. Oh, not again. I, know, I never know what's in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> Had to have that operation. Yeah. Yes, who knows, who knows what... Yes. What did you call him? Hatmongers. <laughs> well, who knows Mr. how... Mr Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Office king. Yes. 
that. Uh, <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> Prince Regent. Scrum um, member. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. Business type. Um, well, thank you for saying so. That's Who knows how your life will change after this podcast goes out? Mm-hmm. Perhaps you'll get sued by Elon Musk. We just don't know. Anything could happen. No, uh, um, yeah. But yes, we asked you back because let's you know let's have a love in while we we asked you back because you know we just we just thought you were wonderful on the first podcast. Oh, thank you. And also we just think you're a lovely company. We wanted to hang out with you again. Mm. It was a good excuse to make you come to South East London because God knows we're not going up north. <laughs> oh, so I don't thank like you. it up there really. I don't no, like it. It's not out. We always get. Oh, this is not for us. This is not our place. No. Anyway, we'll pay for you. Anyway, uh, <laughs> well, anyway, I can't really be bothered with it. I've had such a lovely time. Let's not ruin it with admin, but scummymummies.com for tickets, I yes, suppose, we're, if you want Yes, all that. exactly right. We're up and down the country, and we've booked gigs, Simon London, you would not believe this, until December 2023. Yeah, right, my to word. Um, thank you so much. London. Uh Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and what is your Twitter handle? Uh, it's slondonuk. And the same with my Instagram, Slondon UK. So S London UK. Everybody yeah. needs to follow Simon London. He's Honestly, the funniest person on the internet. Even if you hate Twitter, join Twitter and just follow Simon yeah, just, London. Just, be, just block everybody absolutely. else. Absolutely. Just, just everything you say is you'll, funny. You'll make your day better. Oh, I, I often, often I'll just go to your Instagram. Just yeah. to, I'll go. Oh, Simon, what's Simon will make London me. doing? Yeah, <laughs> just, just bloody marvelous. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Thank you. Also, guys. I love that never in our lives have we ever just called you Simon not one time. No, I don't. I won't hear of it. Emails. Hi. Simon London. Yeah. We should get Simon London back on the podcast. Yeah, I should. love Simon London. I wonder how Simon London is today. Let's look at Simon London's Instagram account. That's, that is the actual conversations we have. So thank you for tolerating that as well. Indeed. Well, I didn't know it was going on, but now. <laughs> Well, thanks again, Simon London. Thank you. You're a joy. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Did your wife call you Simon London? Uh, no, though I think... I think... Oh, that's a weird one. What are your partners, not yours because you've got so many, we know what yours are called, in your phone? Is, is your husband, is it his full name? <laughs> Uh, my, he's just Pete, but I was in his. I was, I think, I was in his as Ellie Gibson, yes, yes. and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" I saw it one day. I was like, "Fuck! How many Ellies are you like fucking married to?" She went, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I'll change that." And then I looked at it. Now it says Ellie, all caps, current wife. <laughs> <laughs> you had it coming. <laughs> and there's a lesson there, isn't there? Yeah, really? yeah, 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 yeah. What we've learned today. So yes. Anyway. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.